a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. And normally we say this is the fastest 60 minutes of radio. Today we are so fast, we're actually going to do it in just 30 minutes uh, because Josh behind the control booth is that good uh, today. No, we've actually been listening to Governor Gary Herbert's monthly press conference. And uh, obviously the big news coming out of that is that the governor did extend uh, his emergency power order uh, in uh, the midst of the uh, coronavirus pandemic. And uh, so I'm sure that will be debated and talked about, uh, especially as the uh, legislature gathers in special session. One of the things they're going to address is the uh, emergency orders and emergency powers there given to the governor. So uh, I'm sure that is not the last we're going to hear of that today. And uh, you want to stay tuned to KSL News Radio. I'm sure that is going to be a topic of conversation throughout the afternoon and into the evening tonight. And so stay with us for that. Uh, in our abbreviated uh, program today, I do want to take a, a quick peek at what happened last night at the Democratic National Convention. And, of course, it was a, a historic night in, in many ways. Uh, Kamala Harris, senator from California, uh, was uh, nominated as the vice president. And some interesting things around that. You know, it, it's one of those things I was emailing back and forth very early this morning uh, with Roger Porter, uh, from Harvard University, and uh, he made some just fascinating observations. Uh, Senator Harris is the first vice presidential candidate uh, for the Democrats in 23 election cycles uh, to come from the West, anywhere in the West, anywhere west of the central time zone. Uh, all of the vice presidential candidates have come from uh, the central or eastern time zones and primarily from the eastern time zone. Uh, and so that is a, a really interesting thing that it's been 23 uh, election cycles uh, since the Democrats have nominated somebody from the West Coast or from the West in, at all. Uh, so I thought that was kind of an interesting little bit of history. That's a great piece if you want to go to Deseret.com. And can we put that one up on the Facebook page as well? Uh, it's from uh, Roger Porter, uh, groundbreaking, uh, breaking the mold with Kamala Harris. Really interesting stuff there. Uh, so a couple of things from last night, a couple of quick observations uh, many people are talking about uh, President Barack Obama's uh, scathing uh, takedown of uh, President Trump, really uh, unprecedented in many ways. Uh, so often you see former presidents uh, take the high road to talk about extending their vision, challenging the American people to live up to things they tried to do when they were in office, uh, that there was work yet to be done. And to me, the biggest challenge in the whole thing was the fact that President Obama uh, does not do angry well. Uh, he doesn't do anger, fear, and frustration well. He was the candidate, and he was the president of hope and change. And uh, I have to be honest, as someone who just loves a great political speech, 
I was kind of hoping last night that he'd do one of his real soaring rhetorical speeches that uh, might just feel good for a few minutes. Uh, And I was deeply disappointed because I thought he went very low. I thought it was very dark uh, and a little depressing, to be honest. Uh, In fact, I'm not even we're going to skip his. It's too depressing. We don't have time. Uh, it, It just was not it was not a good speech by President Obama. Now, I will give him credit for one thing. Initially. The DNC had planned to have him as the former president speak last. And we talked about this on Live Mike yesterday uh, with uh, Amy Donaldson and Scott Howell that I thought that was a massive mistake. If they were putting the former president after uh, Senator Harris accepts the nomination because it would make her look small. It would decrease her statue. uh, And, you know, that's just a tough spot. Uh, so fortunately, it appears to me everything that I've heard is that President Obama went to the DNC and said, no, you you really need to have Senator Harris be the last speaker uh, as the vice presidential nominee. So I will give President Obama uh, points for that. Again, I think it was uh, not his best speech, not his best moment, not his best writing uh, or delivery, which is always tough. Uh, and so that leads us to Senator Harris. And I think she met her moment. She met her moment uh, and delivered by far, like not even close. This was the best speech of the convention. And I think it will be, when it's all said and done tonight, it will be the best speech of the convention. She was personal. She was passionate. She connected with the audience in a in a tough, tough way. I mean, she was sitting, all she had there were reporters who couldn't clap or cheer anyway. And she had great expression and she worked it. She worked it. She did not read a speech off a teleprompter last night. She met the moment. Uh, in fact, let's listen to how uh, she began and how she accepted that nomination. I keep thinking about that 25-year-old Indian woman, all of five feet tall, who gave birth to me at Kaiser Hospital in Oakland, California. On that day, she probably could have never imagined that I would be standing before you now and speaking these words. I accept your nomination for Vice President of the United States of America. I do so committed to the values she taught me, to the word that teaches me to walk by faith and not by sight, and to a vision passed on through generations of Americans, one that Joe Biden shares, a vision of our nation as a beloved community where all are welcome no matter what we look like, no matter where we come from, or who we love. A country where we may not agree on every detail, but we are united by the fundamental belief that every human being is of infinite worth, deserving of compassion, dignity, and respect. All right, that's uh, just a little feel and flavor of what uh, Senator Kamala Harris uh, delivered last night. In fact, let's go to her Conclusion. Actually, before we play that conclusion, uh, a very subtle thing in there. Uh, she actually addressed the birther issue uh, and put it to bed right there. She said it very simply uh, when she was born in a hospital in Oakland, California. <laughs> and she laid that out. Uh, so that was very subtle, but a very interesting way to do it. She only mentioned President Trump one time by name, uh, which I thought was very smart. Uh, if I was counseling Joe Biden tonight, I would tell him to do the same. Uh, and uh, just focus on the agenda. What are you for? Where are you taking? Where are you trying to take the com- the country? What do you want people to buy into? 
Uh, so let's wrap up here with uh, Kamala Harris uh, ending her address uh, with a positive appeal to join the fight. Let's fight with conviction. Let's fight with hope. Let's fight with confidence in ourselves and a commitment to each other, to the America we know is possible, the America we love. All right. That's uh, Kamala Harris giving her acceptance speech last night. Again, I think it was the best speech uh, of the convention. I predict it will be the final best speech of the convention when all is said and done. Uh, Senator Harris met the moment. Uh, She was ready. Very well crafted, incredibly well delivered in very difficult circumstances. So uh, hats off on uh, that side. And as you know, again, whether you agree with her politics or not, uh, if you look at it from a communication and rhetoric and influence standpoint, uh, she delivered. She did that last night in a in a very positive way. Now, just a, a quick look ahead uh, to tonight. I want to put this into perspective. Of course, this is Joe Biden's night. Uh, this is his opportunity. And uh, they're really interesting. Uh, John Meekham, a historian, is going to be speaking tonight. And he is actually going to speak on something we've been talking about for the last two days on this program. And that is the the ever popular phrase that this election is a battle for the heart and soul of the of America. And uh, I have a piece up on uh, Deseret.com today. It, it is on our Facebook page now. And this is not this is not the battle for the heart and soul of America. Uh, that is the wrong phrase. That's the wrong battle. And that's the wrong war. And we need to move past it. Because if you accept that a political contest is the battle for the heart and soul of America, then you are agreeing that the heart and soul of America lives in Washington, D.C., or whoever occupies the White House or the West Wing or members of Congress, or it's in some place, and it's not. The heart and soul of America can only be found in the heart and soul of the American people. It's not a government thing. It's not a political party thing. It's not a politician thing. It's a we the people thing. Uh, Check it out uh, online, uh, worth a read today. And uh, so you're going to hear a lot of that tonight in terms of this battle for the heart and soul. Just remember what the real battle is uh, and where we really need to go as a country is very different from what both political parties are telling us it should be. We can do better, folks, and we got to expect more, not less. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, it's National Radio Day, so we're going to go back. We're going to do some old-school radio here on KSL. You don't want to miss this. Stay with us on KSL. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.